more. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I think I don't know. Growing up, you you sort of told a lot of things. I don't know if that makes sense. It's hard to to distinguish your own voice from being told to be something, to do something. Yeah, just being told in general. And now you're sort of now expected to just know. <laughs> and so it, it's horrible. Welcome back to the show, guys. Welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in again. This is the Trailblazer. I am your host, Tino, and I'm so excited to have you guys here. So, of course, I've decided to have this thing where I just talk two weeks and I release, two weeks and I release, because, you know, life is a bit hectic. And, you know, as acting adults, it's a bit hard to, you know, be consistent to say every Sunday I'm releasing an episode. So, from now on, I'll give you guys a two-week break. But, to get into the show... This week, I have a special friend of mine. Her name is Amanda Sinsley Lovu, and she's a registered legal practitioner at Webler and Barry in Blueyo. Um, she also has her own YouTube channel. I'll drop the link um, in the description. And yeah, that's basically it. Amanda, nice to have you, man. Hi, Chino. How Hi, Chino. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's so exciting, man. How are you doing? Oh, honestly, not great. But What's um, wrong? you know, we move. <laughs> we, we move. We move. <laughs> That's become like the universal thing. Like everyone says, we move. Because we move. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. But it's so good to have you on the show, man. Um, I hope we'll have an amazing conversation. Yeah. I think we definitely will. Yeah. So basically, what we're we'll talking about, Amanda, is the transition. You know, Amanda is. Uh, she graduated from Rhodes recently. Was it two years back, Amanda? Uh, how long has it been? Oh wow, oh wow. Now you have to reveal my age. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was it was twenty seventeen when I finished. Yeah. So that's that's three years. Oh my god. Yeah, that's three years. Wow, wow, you must be happy, man. Um I don't know. University is a really good time of life. Sometimes Perfect. I don't lie to you. I mean, I'm, I'm still enjoying my life right now. I, I really find it hard yeah. to leave. You know, it was a good time. And how was roads for you? Um, Rhodes, Rhodes was my best life. I won't even lie. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. I think it's, it's, uh, it's something that you just have to dive into. Like, yeah. I don't remember when it was. I think it was a week or so when, you know, when they have all these a week things and advice about university. And someone said, look, you know, when you're in university and you ever find yourself in a position where you feel comfortable then something is wrong something you is need wrong to, 
this is the time for you to be really putting yourself out there and yeah. i really took that to heart this is i really and thought you know what? this is the time for me to explore myself and learn things and try things discover you yourself know. eh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and also a pro tip if you're studying law that's the time to dress how you want because <laughs> once you're in the profession yeah it's going to be suits forever suits for life and i'm actually really i've yeah. really been embracing this whole thing of you know just dressing up how i like because like I've, i was actually told mom i have a friend who's also a lawyer and he was saying dude you'll be wearing suits all the time formal all the time so might as yeah. well embrace the hairstyles and stuff you know yeah, like dye your hair blonde, do all the things you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will take that into, 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 into consideration, man. So yeah, basically, we'll be talking about the transitioning from uni to life. You know, as you know, you've actually been into it, and uh, you're actually living it, and you're embracing it. Um, we want to have that discussion, and you know, we want to give people advice as well on how. Okay, from you, I haven't finished uni yet, but from your perspective. Um, want to provide advice to people so that they know what what to expect if i can say uh for lack of a better term but what to expect and just uh, the experience as well you know um so the first question i have for you is how was the transition phase for you 2017 that that time after finishing uni for me it was i i won't lie i was nervous and excited at the same time there's obviously going to be that phase where you you don't yet have a job or maybe you do have a job or you're job hunting you kind of don't know how your kickoff is going to go i was very lucky in the sense that by december i i had something to do i i knew i was going to go start at weirbler and barry so at least that gives you a bit of comfort but i know a lot of people do have a gap from when they finish university and when they start to work formally or even just start to to life officially so it, it can be a really tough transition i won't even lie yeah there's all going to be the the change of scene where for me it was coming back home to Bulawayo. i'm staying with my parents so that's a whole different vibe from having stayed alone for like the last five years and gained a measure of independent well independence yeah. on your <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't you go out whatever time you want Air quotes, yeah, yeah. But I think I don't know. There's there's a balance to it because it's different. It's not like when you were in high school before. Because I think, well, depending on what your family setup is like. But I think I did have a measure of freedom, or do have a measure of freedom afterwards. But yeah. it's still different because it's not like okay, now I need to build my own life. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. And like, okay, fine. Now that you've actually gone through it. Uh, what advice would you give people like who are also jumping into this? Surely this year the people are graduating, who are in the in, in like in the situation that you were in twenty seventeen. What advice would you give them? I would say to go for it. I mean, whatever it is, just go for it. I th- think it's going to be tough, but you have to you have to believe in yourself and what you've just invested in for the past four five six sometimes years of your life yeah. and and trust yourself because you do you're you're ready you you have what it takes and to be honest for me one of the biggest eye openers was that grown-ups suck 
<laughs> like adults aren't as put together and you know on point as we like to think because like you're all like oh adulting means like being so responsible and mature and just having your life together and being disciplined and organized yeah. and prepared but it's not like that at all and you know it i think what i would say to myself at that point would be to kind of go easy on my expectations i think somehow without realizing it we feel like you know as soon as you as soon as you come out of university within the first two years you should sort of shake into a very steady lifestyle <laughs> but it doesn't always happen like that and yeah. it's it's normal it's normal mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i i was having this conversation the other day um with some of my mates and i came to the conclusion that adulting is something it's not it's not like a specific moment in your life where you say i'm an adult now i have to be mature because the same person you are when you're 15 of course the experiences that you've had are different now are different now but the person that you are um really doesn't change that much so there's specific like deep moments that change you and make you like you know mature for example becoming a father or a mother you know that kind of changes your perspective a lot on life but then um those small moments just change like a small aspect of your character but you're still the same person so i i get what you're saying that you can't expect to change you know just because you're finished with uni but becoming a parent though tino (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that one yeah i feel like that would be like a game changer completely i don't know i don't know yet but like whoa are you the are you the firstborn no no i Uh am i am the fourth yeah so i think because i always i always say this and i sometimes look at my parents as well like with firstborns they're really winging it like they don't know what to do like it's like it's like um they're just trying it out this is a trial phase and by the time they reach number four number five they're like ah tabo you know so (laughs) yeah parenting is a different issue right um i feel like my parents are so over it (laughs) (laughs) surely they are yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I hear you. And has okay, can I ask like now that you're you know we're in twenty twenty, um with the COVID situation, was it easy? Like would you say um adulting was easy during this time for you? Um to be honest, COVID was a really interesting time for me because when I think about it now, this was the first time I took a break, like actually stopped mm. and did nothing since whoa like since since i don't know when because like counting o levels and a levels and being in university and having exams and being at work and go 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 and goals and all sorts of things that you're up to um i think at that point i was i was either within or very close to a complete burnout just as a person and it just forced me to stop and i really realized how tired i was yeah yeah no i hear you i hear you i hear you and i think a lot of people went through that yeah and i i think for me it was a lot of it was a teaching moment because after that i've been really making a concerted effort at establishing balance 
Mm. You know, when you're when you're a young professional or a young worker in any sense, like you know, you're out of uni. Maybe you took some time to get a job, and then finally you get a gig. Uh, depending on how invested you are in your field, you kind of go all out. I won't even lie. You know, working seven days a week, just doing the most because a part of you feels like you need to prove yourself you need to get somewhere and it can be it can be quite heavy it can be quite heavy yeah I, yeah I, I hear and i think part from. of yeah and i think part of adulting is sort of figuring out a balance to say look you we're all gonna be working probably forever <laughs> unless you run into some trust fund money and you don't ever have to make money but other than that that's gonna be your life so I you wish need we to had, find balance. I wish we had that transfer money because things would be much easier right oh now. Oh man! <laughs> what, what would you do if you could like have all the money you needed? To be honest, that's actually a really hard question. That's actually a very hard question because I, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> think about it. Like, what would I do with if I had like if I had like just someone gave me a billion dollars and like I would like don't to, have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about money, honestly, but. The thing is with money is that like lifestyle also forces you it'll it'll really like deplete fast a billion is actually not that much if you think about it if, you, if you're just gonna spend it so i think i'd invest in real estate first of all go buy real estate a lot of real estate um and then maybe invest and you know, buy some stocks you know berkshire had the way they buy uh-uh. those stocks you no, i'm sorry you are cheating this is <laughs> not my question i said you don't have to worry about money Oh, I don't worry about money. Already. You've invested. Your money's making its own money. You're making money while you're sleeping. You're straight. Um, now what? I'm seeing the world. Yeah. I am seeing that the world. That, that's, that right there is my comfort zone. I'm seeing the world. Because right now, I don't have money, but I'm still trying to my best to travel as much. I'm going to keep on all that stuff. So I'm trying to see the that's world nice. as much as I can. So if I have enough money, I'm going to Bali, Barcelona, all these places. What would you do? Definitely travel. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, that, that sounds I'll like travel it. forever. That's forever. <laughs> but what happens yeah. if like, they all finish, like all the places finish? Like, surely. What? Do you know? Like, I'll start going to places that you've never even heard of. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, go buy an island there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, I hear you. I hear you. That's actually quite interesting. Because eh? this, but also traveling is not enough as well. Because, you know, sometimes I feel like God is fair in life. Something happens. Something will happen that will just limit you to like the traveling. Maybe age will come up or something like that. You know, something always happens. I get so, it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So if I'm not done with traveling, I think I would. I would do. Um. What can I do? What can I say? I would take risks. I just do random ass stuff. Skydiving. And just dodge things. Yeah. Yes. I'll do that stuff while I'm traveling. But what I mean is, like, say. I don't know. Like all the things that I'd like to do, but don't really do. (laughs) (laughs) What are your fears, actually? That's such a good question, because now you're thinking, because when I say skydiving, you're like, yeah, but you sound very hesitant about that. About skydiving? Yeah. I would definitely skydive. Ah, I won't lie to you. The black in me won't allow me. For real? Have nah. you ever done any like extreme sport type thing? I have, I have, I have. Um, but the thing is, yeah, half the time, I was sweating 
as hell because I I don't like testing fate. Like, what if the rope breaks? What if the parachute doesn't come out? Like, these are things I think about. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> nah, I'm not trying to test things. <laughs> God says I take care of those who take care of themselves, and I am gonna take care of myself. Oh man, but don't you just love the thrill of it afterwards? Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. I, I, not for you. No, nah, it's not for me. Not I, for you then. I'm very oh, limited. I like to test fate. Really? I want to do weird things like swim with sharks and that's my problem right there. <laughs> that's why I question you first of all. Why swim with sharks? I want to. I want to look at death and like smell it and be like, oh my god, <laughs> I almost died. No, we don't do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, sharks. This is the same as like going and running into the Kruger Park. You know, like I don't understand it. Why are you going even surfing? Surfing, I don't understand surf. Of oh all the gosh, things that I want to surf so bad. Uh-uh. I remember yeah. once I was with my parents in Jeffrey's Bay. They didn't let me surf. Really? Those are yeah, wise. Like, Those cool, are wise cool, parents. Cool, cool, cool. And they were like, "Nah, this is where we draw the line." <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> we can like drink together and stuff, but <laughs> surfing is, is oh, the end of it. Nah. That actually brings up a good question. Like, how was that that, that transition as well? Like, because f- drinking with your parents, because surely the yeah. first time had to be awkward. You know what? I think that is that is the beginning of adulting. That's how you know you have entered the realm of it. <laughs> you have joined. <laughs> they like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It's a weird story. My my parents actually have started making a fuss about it. Um, I guess with my oldest sister, like you said, firstborns, they, they don't get any fun because yeah. I don't think it was as official with her. With my brother, I don't know. I think he just started drinking and just everyone's just like, yeah, whatever. With me, it was officially on my 21st birthday. Mm. We all went for dinner and they're like, okay, now, ooh, you can have your first drink. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> my was first it your drink, first? it was like a joke. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't want to tell you when my first was. It's, it's a bit hectic. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me like 12 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always judges me. <laughs> how old were you? <laughs> okay, first tell me how old you were when you had your first drink. I, I was a, I was a late bloomer. I think I was like nineteen, nineteen, eighteen, somewhere there. Ish, grade seven. Ah! <laughs> I can explain. I can explain though. I can explain. <laughs> wow, my life. Oh wow. So please tell us. <laughs> so we had gone on our grade seven trip, right? Yeah. Um, we went to like Hawaii and Vic Falls. And then, so I went to a co-ed primary school, Masia Pambidi, shout out. Shout, shout out. out to anyone who went to Masia. Um, so we had very naughty, you know, boys are just naughty at that age. So oh, like, yes. Yeah. No, but this is, this is my story, Tino. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I don't know. So we were in Vic Falls at the time. It was really hot. So we all like bought like liters of Coke each and we were just like, you know, going around town. Um, I think it was a one day where they were like, okay, we're in town. You guys can do whatever you want. So these guys somehow paid someone somewhere to buy them alcohol. These are great savings, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So we didn't know all ab- about all this happening. And then we went back to the camp and everyone was like just playing around. S- one of the guys then sort of like dashed. Oh, is it called dashing? If you're putting the alcohol in the dash? Yeah, it's dashing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So dashed all those like drinks with alcohol. And then we drank it. Um, I won't let go of all the blame because I think at some point we all knew that there was something wrong with these drinks. But yeah. it, was, it was exciting. We were <laughs> young. Um, I guess it wasn't that hectic because I don't think we really got drunk. But then we started acting like we got drunk because... Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, that's... <laughs> you kids, yeah. yeah so. oh, that's, that's, that's actually then after that, after that, I didn't drink for like ages until like later on in high school maybe. Yeah. Yeah. High school, even. Yeah, yeah. that's still early, isn't it? I mean, some of us are saying 18 <laughs> after high school. No, that's good, though. That's good. Nah, I, I actually... Don't listen to me. I just listen to you. <laughs> I was like, I think I regret it, because I, I, there were a lot of moments that we missed out. People were having fun, and you're like, no, I don't drink. Nah, that was some boring stuff. But yeah, I won't lie to you. I don't I, think it's necessarily fun. Okay. It's not necessarily fun. Yeah. I don't think you have more or less fun because you drink. Apples. <laughs> I disagree. The best moments are the ones I don't remember. <laughs> for real? For real, for real. Like the, the nights I don't remember. And those are the best. Those are the best. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. Like going back to the topic of you know introducing how I actually introduced my parents was that um, I just threw a six pack of castle light in the trolley and I was like you know what you find yourself at the at the at the at the, at the till there and she was like who's this because we're going kumusha also <laughs> I'm like uh, it's for me and dad and she was like oh <laughs> and that's how we entered it man <laughs> do you have siblings? Eh? do you have siblings? yes I do I do I'm the oldest sadly so like I'm I'm oh, the guy. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's, it's unnecessary pressure. Ish. Yeah, you know, firstborns are always the ones who mess up. So I'm trying to be my best to break that cycle. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But can I ask you a question though? Um, would you say you're a different person from? Uh, okay, surely you are. But do you get my question? Like, would you say you're a different person from how you were in uni and how you are now? Yes. <laughs> you took so much time I to answer that. Because <laughs> it's a yes and no. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to think I'm still me, but then I think I've grown. I think I've really grown. Hey, I think I have grown. Yeah. I think that, like what I said earlier about my approach to uni, was a very good thing because I think I'm more sure of myself now because I've tried things. You know yeah. what I mean? Even I'll give an example of religion. I remember there was a phase in uni where I was just like, you know what, I want to, even now I guess, but then I decided I want to try this stuff for myself. I literally went church hopping. So like yes. every Sunday I'd go to a different church just to to have an authentic experience of it and figure out like, you know, okay, so I, I'm, I've been raised in a Catholic church, so it's very, you know, yeah, I don't sorry. think I need to say more. Yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> so I tried different churches and different experiences and for me I think the point is going full circle with things I'm one of those people that wants to try for myself so that I can make the decision yeah. so 
I'd say I'm different now in the sense that there's certain things I'm not worried about, you know, because I I know this is this is me and I've chosen this path, this path. for a reason. So I think that's a bit different. You need me was doubtful of myself. Yeah. More. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I think I don't know. Growing up, you're you sort of told a lot of things. I don't know if mm. that makes sense. It's yeah. hard to to distinguish your own voice from being told being to told. be something, to do something. Yeah, just being told yeah. in general. And now you're sort of now expected to just know. <laughs> True. Which is frustrating. It is, it's horrible. I don't like because, like, for example, you know, Zimbabwe is a very, I mean, growing up in the Zimbabwean home as well, it's um, very restricted. So now you're going to life and you're being told this is a no, this is a no, this is a no, this is a no. Like, for example, something like questioning the lecturer, you know, you when you get to school, you hear other kids saying, but, sir, this is wrong. And to us, it's taboo, right? And yeah, then you're like, what? You're like, what? You said that girl, man. <laughs> Represent us. <laughs> you know, and then it becomes frustrating because now you don't discover yourself who you are. And I think in our culture as as, as, as a nation, that's a bit wrong because we're taught to fear authority. We're, we're taught not to question authority. We're taught not to question certain things that happen. And it just says, just because this has worked out, then you must follow that certain route. And it creates... A, a, a generation of people who are scared, you know, to question um, what's the the, the 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 things that have been set out in life already, you know. And when I came to SA now, and I experienced that, I learned that you should learn to speak out as well. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying no or questioning why someone did this or doing that. Also, just discovering yourself, trying out everything, everything else. Because I want like for me, not drinking alcohol late was because I was told by my dad alcohol is bad, and he used to drink it. <laughs> you're like alcohol is bad, alcohol is bad, alcohol is bad, alcohol is bad, and you can't drink, you can't drink. And all these things later on, you know, you, you start doing them later on in life when you should have started them earlier on. And then now you're trying to catch up to people who've been doing this since they were like 15, 16. And seven, what's up? <laughs> you know, and they've discovered themselves, and now they know that this doesn't work for me, so I don't want this. This doesn't work for me, and I feel like we're scared to, to find that out. You know, we're scared to say just because we've been told that it, someone told us already, like you said, someone told us that this is bad. So now you're like, I can't try it out myself, you know, and that's low key, that's wrong, eh? It is, but now try having that realization. And then coming back to work in Zim. Yo, it's tough. Uh, one thing I will say about the transition is like that relationship with the older generation. I mean, you're coming into the market. You know, I, I struggle with this at work because sometimes you're in a position where you know something and you're right you know what i mean but that's that awkward conversation with your boss to be like ah, uh, you know maybe you know what i mean it's something yeah. you have to learn and grow into and find a balance Can of tell. still having your voice yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no continue sorry you you were saying uh, no i think i was done i said uh, still okay. having your voice and like you know yeah i, I read that Mm. I read that in um, in the Forty Eight Rules of Power. He says that you oh, must I never like outshine your master. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And um, you you 
I think that's what that, that's basically what you're saying. That you know, as much as you do have a voice, know when to say what you need to say. Yeah. 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 In that book, I think what I found interesting was that that notion to say, you know, your work speaks for itself, and I hmm. I found that to be very true. Where you're working under somebody, you know, at this stage, especially your first, second even third year of working your job is to make your boss look good and that's the truth you know what i mean yeah and you shouldn't be too quick to want to shine because i won't even lie you learn a lot in uni but you don't know anything (laughs) when you come out of uni that's true you start to learn once you're in the field doing things in real life and you have to accept that you know no matter yeah. how high you came out at the end of university, you know, practical experience is a whole different game. Yeah. And I think life kind of does that to us, you know, because it's like you're always in a situation where it's a jargon, you know. In the beginning, when you're in grade one, you're at the bottom, grade seven, you're at the top now. Yeah. And then when you're in form one, people are telling you, ah, you, you, you calm down. Form one, you ain't nothing again. <laughs> you ain't nothing. And then now you're coming to uni again, you think you're the shit, but no, you're people are telling you, you know. So yeah, it's, 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 I won't lie. Second year, I thought I was fresh, man. I was like, "Yo, <laughs> I'm a second year. I know what's up in these streets now." <laughs> I don't get lost anymore. <laughs> Ish. And that was the worst day. I won't yeah. lie to you. The first time I went to Vits, I got lost. Uh-huh. I got lost. I lost. I can lost. imagine Vits is massive. It's a city on its own. Yeah, it's. I got lost. 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 And. One time you have a lecture on this side, the other time you have a lecture on the other side, which is like five keys away, and you're like, my God, how will I get there? You know? Hectic. Yeah. But oh man, Rhodes is just a little village. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's in Grandstown. Right? After, yeah, two, three days, you're done. <laughs> you, you know but where you at. <laughs> you guys drink, eh? Like, you guys drink, drink. Um, you know, it's true. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I was gonna try and deny it, but I'm like, nah. It's the truth. Let me not lie. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a culture thing, but it's not. I don't. I think it's almost like any other university, mm. but at Rhodes, it's just it's it's amplified. It just feels worse because it's such a small town, yeah. And there isn't much else to do, and for some reason, alcohol there is just like cheap, cheap. Like insanely cheap. Yeah, it's I saw okay. you guys are having like five rand shots. I was like, what? If I look there. Uh, there was what was that tequila thing? Was it one rand tequila? What? On a Thursday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be crawling out, I swear. <laughs> but that's the fun thing. You can crawl home because it's just it's just. It's just You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. No, Joe, you can't do that. Like, I was like, I watched the person get mugged. And I'm like, no, you have to be aware. So you drink to a certain limit. I mean, you can crawl home, but, you know, you crawl to a certain limit. So, yeah. There are limits to that. Yeah, but it, it teaches you a lot. I mean, not everybody explores the drinking culture. So I, I don't think it's fair to, to put that on every rodent. Mm. But for me, like I said, I, I went full circle. <laughs> I, I know my limits. You, if you ever saw me like embarrassingly drunk, I don't know what would have happened. I don't yeah. think I could ever really? because I'm so aware. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's good. Though. That's good. As long as you know like when to stop, then that's fine. Because I always say yeah. sometimes being drunk is also a choice because your body tells you, "Hey, buddy, stop here." You know, you feel yeah, the no, waves. Being a bad run, 
it's a being a bad drunk is not a good trait. It's not it's a good trait, man. People You're should be proud of. Yeah. Or just being drunk in general. <laughs> There's yeah. limits. There's you limits. You see now when you're adulting, now you're gonna be having your office Christmas parties. There's gonna have offices with bars. Um, part of that is you know it's it's your your test of character. Yeah. And you can lose a job over that. Like I know there's a, a case that my boss always likes talking about where someone had been offered a job and then they were called in to to the Christmas party before they started work. Got there, you know, there'll be open tab, drink whatever you want, eat whatever you want. And then this person goes wild, literally gets wasted uh. at the office Christmas party. They withdrew the job offer. Ah, but now, now you, now you, now you, you're messing up your bag. Ah, no, you can't do those missions. But that brings me to ask now: yeah. where, where do you see yourself in five years? Really, Tino? I mean, <laughs> um, in five years, I see myself in my bag. First of all, live a ton. Just putting, putting that in the universe yeah. right now i'm aspiring to be an advocate so that's like a, a specialized litigant it's, a, it's slightly different from an attorney or a lawyer yeah. in that you you specialize in going to court and court appearances and you practice as an independent practitioner so it's it's slightly different from a law firm you, you're kind of called in by lawyers to do certain specialized cases mm. so your relationship between a GP and a specialist. Okay. That's interesting. So the same thing. Yeah. So that's what, so that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's beautiful, man. I think uh, that's that's something good to go. I mean, but also now that you say it, what made you choose? I mean, now this is going to be kind of, you know, specifically to like, you know, people who are, who want to go down the legal route because, you know, we're all in the same chapter, but what made you choose, first of all, the, the, the degree you chose in first year? What made you say, I want to practice law? Because people think studying law means that you want to be just a lawyer, but there's so many other things that you can do with it. But what made you say that I want to be a lawyer when I, when I leave varsity? Um, I'd say when I was about five or six or younger, I, my, my mom, that's like my mom's youngest sister. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing or saying or up to. She just put the idea into me like, ah, you talk so much, you should be a lawyer. Mm. And it stuck with me. And then I just kind of liked the idea of it. Of course, I, I flew in and out of it a few times, but I, I really loved reading books. I really like analyzing things. I'm into debate, like like an intellectual spurring type of, of thing, not formal debate necessarily, but I love like picking people's brains, Pick yeah. challenging their ideas. Um, I don't do it in a bad way, but I think some people misunderstand me, but yeah. I, I enjoy the quest for knowledge, generally. For knowledge. And as I've grown, I've found law suits me in that regard. I'm never bored. Like I could never be bored with my work. Yeah. Every day is a new challenge. It's something new to, to sink my mind into. There's, it's a world of research and you know solving problems i i enjoy it i think it suits my personality when i was studying law i did not think i was going to be a lawyer <laughs> i don't i just i didn't see myself in practice i didn't think i'd enjoy it um but as soon as i started practice i'm like yeah this is me like i'm into it i know a lot of people who studied law for the sake of it and are in practice and not really happy yeah um 
I enjoy the work itself. Of course, there's frustrations and you know, hard days, bad days, but I like I like the content of the work. So oh, that's, that's beautiful. I think I'm in the yeah. same boat as you. Like I, when whilst you're saying it, I just feel like you're speaking to me as well because, like for some reason, I just enjoy having these intellectual sparring things where you just sit down, and you ask people these weird questions, you know, and you want to hear yeah. how a person thinks, you know, and then exactly. now and also like I really like applying the books that I read because I I sit down sometimes when I'm bored and I just read books. And now you're just applying that knowledge that you get from the books, and then you're like, let me just drop it into you and see if it works, you know? <laughs> and Can I tell you? Yeah. Cross examination in real life is one of the most satisfying things ever. Like, really? I did my first civil trial last week. I think I was a bit overzealous, but it was like, woo. Yeah. Man, I was like, I think at some point I got a bit aggressive and the judge was like, uh, <laughs> relax. Oh, wait, <laughs> so you, I, th- I think. <laughs> you guys like yeah. sit with the judge in, 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 in his chambers or wherever? In court. Oh, in court, okay, okay, okay. Mm, like okay. a trial. Oh, okay. We just we were done with COVID, by the way, just FYI. Oh, okay, that's right, that's actually, that's why I was Moving awesome, straight maybe. ahead. So Zimmer's like, now nah, we'll just go straight mm. to court. Because SA right now, they're actually kind of limiting court appearances. So, yeah. But that's yeah, cool. they're doing man. stuff online, which is good. Yeah. You know, Zim- I think we couldn't, we couldn't sustain it technology-wise. Yeah, true. To be quite honest. Like, by the time it reached May, when they started easing the regulations, people were in a panic because they weren't working. They weren't working, yeah. You have, you have a you have an economy where in most industries this is the case you have old people who are just like they're like we're not going anywhere and then young people who might have gotten in but then get frustrated along the way and end up starting their own thing so they're not great with technology or change or wanting to do things differently yeah and they really struggled people want you know their hard copies their physical appearances and all that so they're not really used to the laptop world even yeah even with court facilities in Joburg you can do e-filing yeah here you cannot do e-filing so I mean that that, that shows that that's becomes problematic for you know for example like you having been at Rhodes and now you know you're used to this like technical technological advancement mm-hmm. and then now you're being brought yeah. back to say let's start again and you know now you have to track and do things in a certain way that's kind of behind from all your mates that's true yeah that's true i won't lie that's one of my biggest fears or or frustrations is thinking well you know am i really doing this as at the best capacity i could be doing it yeah um it's a it's a catch-22 in some cases i feel very privileged because like there's certain things i can do now that i don't think i'd ever be able to do at a firm in, in another country like say arguing in the Supreme Court I'm not even like a year post registration yeah. but I'm in a situation where I can go to my bosses and be like hey give me a chance let me do this, let me do this. and I'm, I'm somebody you know what I mean uh, but at the same time it's like well ish you know yeah th- there's probably things I could be learning in, in a first world yeah, setup first world that setup, yeah. I'm not getting exposed to so I don't know I think Part it's, of me it's feels like, yeah. 
It's a low-key win-win situation because, like, looking at a, at a, like a first-year or second-year attorney here in SA, they won't be doing what you're doing there, and so mm. you know, it's, it's it's a privilege in its own way. So that's that's. I was actually going to ask you also about the work environment as well. Like, I mean, you did say it. Um, you you went into into, into it, but I, I really want to ask you like how you describe the work environment for someone who's jumping in, not just legal-wise. But just like you know, any form like for someone who's gonna be a doctor, who's gonna be an uh, accountant, um, you know, how would you describe that? Okay, are we talking internationally or in Zim? Because Zim, Zim is a in your perspective. Um, it's tough. It's tough. So, as a professional, so I'm talking accountants, lawyers, doctors, you know, your your professions that are pretty set out. I think the the advantage there is, like I said, it, it's set out. But at the same time, it's very frustrating to be told which path to take and how to take it. Because yeah. I mean, even now, sometimes I do think to myself, hey, shouldn't I have maybe like started my own business or something like that? Because now you're on someone's payroll and there's certain decisions you can't make for yourself. Um, you, you're back to being a dependent again. And it can be very frustrating. Yeah. Work environment-wise, there is ageism. I don't know about more um, progressive areas, but I know no matter where you are, there's, there's ageism. There's going to be times where you're treated unfairly just because you're, the, you're the new guy. You're the young one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah. I think take it in your stride. Like we, like we said before, like you have to be humble. Do your time in the tea kitchen, <laughs> you know, get those coffees. Do what you Mop gotta the floor. do. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, maybe not well. Maybe not mop the floor, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, I hear you, man. And also, um, let's get into like a different conversation slightly. How do you deal with social pressure? I mean, um, for example, um, now that you've left uni, people will be like, "Are we not getting married? Or when is this gonna happen? When are you having kids?" All these uh, things are just popping up. Like people just asking you these weird questions. Then in your head, you're saying, "I'm not ready." But how do you deal with it? Um, you just say, "Like hard to deal with because it it comes so much." Yeah. And for me, my biggest fear is like you know, hearing something a lot. No matter how hard you try, it's gonna affect you somehow. Yeah. You know, you start to feel pressure. Uh, personally, it's it's like marriage. I have a very awkward relationship with it. Like, it's not something I ever want to sit down and be like, I want to get married. Um, I want to sit down and start manifesting a husband. Like to me, I think that's weird. Like, I've, <laughs> I've no offense to anyone who's in that space because yeah. I think it it goes with your personality. There's some people who I know genuinely have wanted it with their hearts like i'm at that age where people are just getting married everywhere and it, it's great i'm i'm happy for them but for me it's something i really want to i really want to be sure about yeah. if i do it and i'm sort of in a space where i'm okay with the idea of never getting married and i want to be okay with that idea so that if i do get married I'm sure that this is something this is that I, I chose to do. This is someone that I, I chose specifically to say, yeah, mm. you know, not just for the sake of, oh my goodness. But, you know, there's also, I won't lie, there's also a bit of discrimination for not being married. I don't know if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it does. I when get you, you get to a certain point in life, you know, say yeah. you're in your mid thirties and you've made it, you know, you're making money. Everyone's going to be like, ah, you know, people why trust you less? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. People trust you less. Yeah. Your image is different. It really is. Now they, they're asking these weird questions, you know, in your head, you know, you, it's because you're comfortable with it, but out there they're saying, uh, uh-uh. Uh, you were supposed to pass that age a while back and I really hate that about society society has told us that it's it's a certain age in your life you have to get married you have to have kids and all these things and it's it's low key frustrating Mm. yeah so high key frustrating yeah it really is low key frustrating but you know what we move we move. <laughs> <laughs> we, we move, move, man. But Amanda, um, thank you so much for being on the show. Before you go, actually, what does it mean to be a trailblazer for you? Um, I think it, it ties in very much to what we've just said. For me, when you say trailblazer, I get a, a mental image of like a flame that like scorches through the earth and creates a path of its own. Yeah. And to be a trailblazer means just that and it's a weird thing because you're gonna you're always gonna be at a point where you're like well am i going the right way where's this path going to lead and i think it's just having the bravery of saying you know what i want to write my own story yeah. maybe i'll get married at 60 and <laughs> i'm cool <laughs> with that work out for me yeah <laughs> I hate. Just, it's like a constant uncertainty but yeah like i said living on the edge <laughs> That's beautiful, man. That's so beautiful. And I, I, I completely agree with you there. And it's just for you because you're never really sure where you're going to go with it. But you just say, I'm going to do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But no, thank you so much for being on the show. You are thank a lovely guest. Me. We had fun. I, I did have fun. I, <laughs> I don't want to bash I all the people I recorded before. Oh, but I'm definitely your favorite. But you, you, <laughs> you are my favorite. <laughs> I just said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Thank you so much for being on the show, and um, I hope they have you back, man. Season two is gonna come out, and we have different conversations, and I really want you to come back, yeah. Definitely, please call me back. I love talking, <laughs> and, and I like podcasts. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's and good. And congrats man. on your show. This is a really great show. I no. d- I did a binge of it when you asked me to come on, and I I respect what you're doing. No, thank Keep you so it. much. Don't give up. Yeah. Hey, you know it's hard, but one day you see us on radio. You know, just you know, hosting something or even owning a radio show as well. So we'll get there. We move. But this is this is 2020 you've already made it, <laughs> this is it. radio shows are now owning podcasts now that i'm awesome now, where it's at. now that you say 2020 how do you feel about the u.s elections oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo. it's it's a it's <laughs> for me it's like i'm watching the fallacy of democracy just fall apart before our eyes it's, it's ironic to me can i tell you now this is gonna be like an extra part for the people to hear democracy is a fallacy on its own because the people who, who impose it on us they don't practice democracy i mean you look at all do we just break here and start a new episode yes we just like, did. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real it's not real as long as we like talking <laughs> let's talk yeah, so yeah, yeah democracy is a big fallacy and i think the u.s elections now Honestly speaking, African presidents are justified in what they they're gonna be like, but if they're doing it surely. Yeah, not 
that is justified but i feel like i feel like we need to start looking at more authentic organizations of society mm. based on where we are and based on who we are that's true democracy just doesn't fit with our culture even if you think about it in the home setup our homes aren't even democratic there's no democracy <laughs> and i'm always preaching that not in our blood it's not it's not who we are and I think as even as a country, even as Africa itself, if we were to embrace it when we find I always say that to some extent communism works. It, it, on paper it's beautiful and if we found a way mm-hmm. to actually like, you know, manage it. Communism is a very, very it's a key thing. Like if you're able to like mix look at China. China said not our government, we are gonna be a communist government. But our economy is gonna be capitalist. And they're kinda they they're doing well with that. You get me? So I think as African nations as well, we need to find a way to do that as well. 